Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Bridge Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. Welcome to the Bridge. Oh, no, you're good. All right, guys, I'm excited to be back. I just got back from vacation, and um, yeah, but I'm, I'm excited to be back in here with you. Um, while I was gone, uh, there was a um, someone, one of our leaders, was positive with COVID, and so uh, I had to call a bunch of parents. The moment I got back, they're like, hey, here's the thing. I need your student to either get tested or go into quarantine. So we're um, actually like a little more full than I expected. I expected it to be slim picking. So mad props to you guys for making this a priority. It's a discipline to be part of the gathering of the believers and to be in this community. And you're making it happen. And I'm grateful for that. I love high school youth group. I love being your pastor. And uh, we are going to continue in our series in Mark. And the title of tonight's teaching is called Hard Times. Look at your neighbor and say, Hard Times. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to learn about a story, a moment, um, where Jesus and the disciples, they're having some hard times. And that's part of life. You know, I think that um, a lot of times people are like, yeah, there's seasons for everything, right? There's, there's highs and there's lows. But sometimes there's simultaneous highs and lows happening in the exact same time. You feel me? And uh, I, I think that we're going to learn to see that in this story tonight. So it's a powerful message. So I am going to invite you to please stand with me one more time and honor God's word as we read it on the screens together. It says in Mark chapter 6, verse 45, it says immediately after this, immediately after what? Jesus ministering to 5,000 people. Like pretty thrilling, pretty awesome, pretty exciting. But he says immediately, Jesus, he insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida. I've been to Bethsaida. It's a beautiful place, humble brag. And uh, the, while, while he sent the people home, verse 46, after telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself. Everyone say by himself. Other texts will say to lonely places or to be in solitude. That's going to be an important part of this message tonight. It says, late that night, the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on the land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. And then at about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. He intended, he intended to go past them. That's interesting. Observe that. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him, but Jesus spoke to them at once, and he said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. And then he climbs in the boat with them. You guys can have a seat. Thank you for reading that with me. As we see in verse 45, a very critical thing, Jesus, he's insisting the disciples go and cross the lake and go to Bethsaida, and he's going to the hills, like we all said, by himself to pray, right? And the disciples and Jesus, they were just ministering to 5,000 people. The main sanctuary, if that was multiplied by two, every seat taken, that's the crowd that they had a chance to tell the goodness of God to and the true way of Jesus Christ, right? See, Jesus, he loved the crowds, right? But he was not obsessed with the crowds. He didn't find his identity, like many pastors across the American churches can do, and the number of people who came to his congregation, right? See, if I'm the disciples, and he's insisting they get in a boat, I'm going to be like, look, like, I like these crowds. I mean, I like this, this attention, right? People want to hear us talk. They want to hear our message. But you're telling us to go away, and Jesus, you're, you're sending us away from you, and you're going to go off into solitude by yourself to pray? Like, this is an interesting outcome. Jesus, do you not care about these people? Oh, no, he, he certainly cares about these people. 
right? He loves the crowds, but he's not finding his identity in being popular, is he? No, he knows that his true identity is in the truth that he is a son of God. That is exactly where you must find your identity as well, is that you are children of God, because that identity will determine your activity. That identity was not in Jesus being popular, but that he was a son of God, and he needs to go and be with his father. That's the way you and I must be as well. So, show of hands, we have introverts in the audience, and we have extroverts. I want to see the extroverts right now. Who, where are you guys at? Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, oh, yep, okay. I got a lot of this. That's kind of funny. Okay, yep, that's true, that's true. Same for me. Yep, cool, very cool. Okay, let me, let me ask, uh, all you guys can participate in this next question. Um, how do extroverts um, get filled up or re-energized? Can someone talk to me? Social interaction. I, I that's that's a that is the right answer. Is there another way to say that? Very good. Very good. What else? Talk, talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. What else? Anything else? One hundred percent A plus. If you guys all struggled in any test today, you passed that one with flying colors. Good job. Yes, man. Social interaction, talking, being with other people. But as we can see, Jesus is leaving a crowd of 5,000. That is not the source of his energy because he needs energy and he needs spiritual strength to continue on in the, in the ministry. And he learns, he knows that can only come with time with who? Tell me. This is the easy one. This is the this is God, yeah, yeah. It only comes with time being with the Father. I think, I think sometimes I make them too easy, and then you guys are like, hey, this, is, this is a trap. I'm not walking into this. Yeah, no, it is certainly God. He loves the crowds, but it does not replace his time with being with his Father. See, Jesus, he's exhausted. Why? It's pretty exhausting, right? They say one hour of teaching is uh, equal to like eight hours of, of work, right? It, it takes a lot of energy. Right? He's pouring it out between healings and ministry and seeing people. He's, there were always crowds often with him, but he didn't only see crowds. He saw their faces. He saw their intimate needs. He's exhausted from this. And who has just recently been beheaded in this story? Does anyone know? John. Yes. Okay. I, you guys crush it with the harder ones, not so much with the easy ones. But yeah, John, his cousin, has been, his life has been taken from him by, by Herod. This is terrible. Right? He, he's tired. These, this is a hard moment for Jesus, right? I mean, he, he loved John. They've grown up together, and now John's been taken from him, right? I mean, these are hard times. That's why this is teaching is called hard times. So real talk, right? I am in a hard season in my life right now, right? I'm experiencing, like, I don't know if it truly is, but, but sometimes as Christians, we go through something called dark nights of the soul, right? And I think that's so easy. It's easy for you and I to give up our testimonies and talk about, like, Jesus has changed my life, and now everything's good, and everything's cherry, and everything's great. But, like, guys, I'm in a hard time right now, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not sleeping good. I'm waking up in the middle of the night wide awake thinking, like, all right, let me just get some water, and I'll fall back asleep. But my soul is, is, is heavy. I'm in a hard time. So I've been vulnerable. Who, who also can say, man, I'm kind of in a hard time. Who's with me in that, right? Man, man a lot of us. Right, I mean, COVID is spiking, man. I mean, people I know and care about are getting it now. Like, it seemed like something distant. And now this deep into the game, I'm like, man, people I know are getting it now, and I'm worried about them. Some good friends of mine are being diagnosed with cancer. Um, some good friends of mine are, are having heart problems. Like, like, we can all relate that there are hard times going on, whether it's sickness 
Or maybe you're in a situation and you just feel a lot of discontentment. John, if I could expose you for a second, John has been in long suffering at his place of work. A lot of you guys are working or in school and, and, or maybe in a relationship with somebody and it's just been messy for a long time and it has been hard, right? And I think sometimes, guys, it's cliche to think or say that these are the only times we pray, right? I think sometimes as Christians we're criticized and we criticize each other that we only pray in the hard times. And that could be true, but here's the thing. I, in fact, think, and you can agree with me on this, is that it is, in fact, in hard times that we pray even less, which is a wild phenomenon, but that can be true for me. Is that true for you guys sometimes, that when it's hard, I pray less? Like, that's, that, that, that's the opposite of how it should be, because hard times, they should drive us towards prayer and solitude with God and not from it. It shouldn't drive us from that. It should draw us to it. And then we have to be refueled and renewed in that time, right? So your renewal, your strength, your, your, your empowerment to get out of that thing that you're in, that, that hole that you're finding yourself in, it can only come from time being spent with the Father. So therefore, that is why you must guard that time. But you know what I've been doing? Waking up in the middle of the night, you think I'm on my knees in my Bible, right, in, in, in prayer, where I ought to be, in solitude, as it says uh, uh, in, in, in the verse here, where is it at here? After telling me, oh, sorry, it's, it's okay. So, man, sometimes, like, I, I find myself, like, in the middle of the night, maybe I'll just put on another podcast, and that'll make me fall asleep. That's not working. Okay, maybe I'll put on uh, the Disney Plus app, and I've been, been watching Boy Meets World. Right. And like maybe that'll help, man. And I'm just just wide awake and, and like and, and I'll pray. But to be honest with you, I'll pray even like with 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 poor attention to God. Right. Like, like it's like it's like, like I'm praying while I'm trying to watch a show. Like it's, it's wild. My hard times, this hardness in my heart and this pain, um, I'm, I'm going farther from God which is exactly what the enemy wants because I'm not going to be renewed, right? So, guys, I brought this towel up on, up on stage. And, um, Michaela, if you could come up here. Can you, can you twist this towel? Just You can do it from right here, right? I'm so sorry. I'm putting you on the spot so hard. If you could just twist it up. Yeah, like, like yep, yeah, perfect. Exactly like that. A little tighter, a little tighter. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, cool. Like, like, hold it like you're brave. Like, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's how my soul feels, right? Okay, guys, clap for Michaela. Thank you. Thank you. I, I couldn't do it and hold the mic. I don't think through these things, Michaela. Thank you. Good job. You're so brave. Good. Right? But, but real talk, my soul feels all bound up and twisted up. Right? And unless I'm in solitude and I'm, and I'm following the disciplines that Jesus Christ lays out before me in these hard times, it's going to stay that way. Right? It's not going to be healed. It's not going to get better. Right? So why don't, oh, why don't we follow the example of Jesus? Right? See, here's the thing. I believe as a Christ follower, man, we're selling what we got way too short. I 1,000% with all of my heart believe that it is the life and it's the life to the fullest, right? I do. I do believe it is the way, right? I believe it is truth. I believe it is the life. But unless I'm carrying myself, living the lifestyle of Jesus Christ, I won't have the life of Jesus. If you and I aren't living the lifestyle that Jesus modeled for us, we're not going to be like him. That's what John Mark Comer says, right? We have to adopt that lifestyle. So here, I want you to look inside of yourself right now and ask you this question. Who are you becoming, right? Are you becoming who you are? 
Because when Jesus Christ, when he became your Lord and Savior, you became sons and daughters of God. You were adopted into his royal family, a royal priesthood, citizens of heaven, seated with Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms. Are you becoming who you are? Who are you becoming? Because the truth is, you're becoming something by the habits and the way that you're living. Right? You are becoming something. And are you becoming who God designed you to be or not? Are you becoming who God designed you to be with the habits you're living and your rules of life and your disciplines? Or maybe your lack thereof in your disciplines, right? Like, who are you and I becoming, right? I mean, Dallas Willard, one of the most incredible theologians, the question was asked to him, right? You guys might be hearing this and be like, man, I want to become who I am. Right? And, and what, what a weird grammatical thing to say. But in Christ, you already are his son. You're not trying to become that. You already are his daughter. So how do we grow into that when Jesus is your Lord? Right? And this question was asked Dallas, Dallas Willard. What do you think he said? What would you guys say? How do you um, become uh, who God wants you to be? What do you think? It's a good question. How do, how do we become who we are? Like, like how do we practice that? Like, like I, th- I think there's a very practical way to do that. What do you think? That's good. I concur, my friend. Make Jesus your role model and do the things he did. Great answer. What else? This is one of those yeah, good, easy ones. This is where we talk, you know. Good. It's too easy, right? But it's true, right? The easiest things to do are also the easiest things not to do. Consuming God's word, right? Man, I want you guys to be in a place, right? You guys ever seen Sandlot? Yeah? Okay. Who's, who has, has anyone not seen Sandlot? What? Okay. Kevin, I need you to download it, play it. Everything else is canceled. It's priority. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do it, right? Let's go, right? All right, so there's a scene in Sandlot, right, where uh, they're trying to um, get this baseball back. That was hit over the fence, and it was signed by who? Babe Ruth, Ruth, right? And they got to (laughs) go, the great Bampino, right? They're trying to retrieve this baseball. They made a huge mistake. They were playing with a baseball. They should not have a very valuable baseball. It goes over the fence, and there's this dog that's coined the name the Beast because he's an evil dog that will destroy if you get over there. So they go through all this work to try to get this very valuable baseball back that's been signed by the greatest baseball player of all time, Right? And then finally, they're doing all these different things, and they're coming up short. And then they, 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 they use this, like, super, like, long vacuum tube and, and, and this connect set, and they try to get the ball, and the vacuum blows up, and they almost die, right? These, like, these just, like, probably seventh-grade kids or something like that. And then the dude, he comes out covered in, in dust and dirt from the vacuum exploding, and he says this. We've been going about this all wrong. See, I promote and I tell you and I instruct you, man, I am an evangelist and I want you guys to, to follow me as I follow Christ into that. But I just can't tell you to go out and tell other people about Jesus. But like Joshua Scarter just said, you have to read the Bible. That's how we become like Jesus Christ. And if we are not talking to God about people, then we should not be talking to people about God. We've been going about this all wrong. I can't just tell you to go out and tell people about Jesus. No, you must be consuming the word of God, letting his love wash over your life. You must be becoming who you are in him through that word. And then you will be like Jeremiah when he says, I have this fire deep inside my bones and I got to get it out. That's the men and women of God that we have to be, right? So yes, in following the examples that Jesus set. Yes, Joshua, 
being in God's word. Yes, we have to practice community just like you are right now, gathering together and learning and being equipped for the work of the ministry. Man, there's solitude, there's silence, there's, there's fasting, there's worship. We practice worship tonight, right? Man, these are things, these are, like Liam said at the beginning, man, these are the ways that we actually follow the disciplines of Jesus Christ. But Dallas Willard, he points something out about Jesus Christ. He was a great man of God, and he said, how do I become like Jesus and become who I am supposed to be? You know what he said? You guys would have never guessed this. He said, you have to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. You see, hurry, he explains, is the great enemy of your life. Hurry, right? You would think it's the redefinition of marriage, right? You, 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 you would think it's consumerism, right? You would think it's escapism. You think it was the, the, the increased usage of pornography. You would think it would be drugs or alcohol. You'd think it would be the prosperity gospel. you think it would be uh, a bad theology, right? Man, man, those things will disconnect us from God. But Dallas Willard, he explains, hurry is the great spiritual enemy of you and I. Why is that? It's because sin and hurry, they have the same effect on our soul. You know what that is? It's they both disconnect us from God, right? See, Jesus, we have to follow the way of Jesus. We have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus if we want to have the life of Jesus. So we have to do the things that he did. We have to slow down. And like we just read, and we got to get away from the crowds. He loved the crowds, right? But we got to slow down and go and be with the Father. Because apart from that, we can do nothing. And our souls will be continually twisted up like this and never unwinding, right? And the world is looking to you and I, right? And we have the answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. But if they look at the way that you and I are living and look at the people we are becoming, right, apart from us having the lifestyle of Jesus, we are not becoming like Jesus, and we look no different. Man, we have to adopt the spiritual discipline, and we must practice it at all costs. Jesus does not run to other things to make him distracted. He does not try to escape the bad situation of knowing, and man, how do I process my cousin being taken away from me? This, this is bad, right? He goes alone to God to sit at his Father's feet and be embraced by his Father's loving arms, right? Jesus, he's in hard times. And you know what? Here's the thing. If you adopt this beautiful lifestyle, it's not going to bring John back, is it, for Jesus, right? And there's some things that you and I have dealt with. There's things you and I have walked through. And you can live and do exactly the things that Jesus did. And it's not going to make all the pain go away and all the problems go away. But what it's going to do, it's going to help you learn how to shoulder them correctly and magnificently. And Jesus said, if they persecute me, they're going to persecute you. He said, in this world, you will have what? Trouble, right? But Jesus, man, he's showing us there is a better way to go about doing life. There is a better way to be human, and I want to show you what it is. We read on in verse 45, it's not just the crowds that Jesus has to get away from, but it's the disciples also. The text is interesting if you look at it. It says that he insisted they get in the boat. Man, I insist you get into this boat, and I insist you go to Bethsaida, right? Man, there's a time and a place for everything, isn't there? 
right? There's a time to be with the multitudes. There's a time to be with this inner community. That's a beautiful thing. But the most important time for you and I is quality time with the Father, right? See, Jesus, he goes and he gets alone, right? But he does not stay alone. He gets alone so that he can go back out into the crowds. Have you guys ever seen Forrest Gump? Yeah, great movie. Who's not, all right, here we go again. Who's not seen Forrest Gump? Come on. I, I question your salvation, right? Man, it's maybe the greatest movie in cinema, right? Right after Cool Runnings, amen? Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's the best feedback. It's good, right? Man, but there's this scene at the end, or not at the end, it's middle, middle, middle of the movie. Spoiler alert, it's like 20 years old. It's on you if you haven't seen it yet. They're in the Vietnam jungle, right? And uh, Forrest, he's running and he's getting to this place of safety, right? That's what the instructions that this gorilla like named Jenny. He said, Forrest, if, if, if they start shooting at you, I need you to just run. Just run. Just get away. Forrest, he, he heard that voice when the bullets started flying and he ran. And he said this beautiful thing. He said, I got all by myself and that was a bad thing. I had to go back and help my friends, right? So you and I, we have to follow the example that Jesus said. We have to get to that place of safety. We have to get to that place and find our strength. We have to get our head right, our heart right, and our soul right. But then we have to go back out and we have to retrieve and help others. Jesus, he's doing just that. He goes and he gets alone so that he can go back into the crowds, right? If we don't do that, we're not the person that God created you and I to be. And we are not the people that the other people who don't yet know Jesus need us to be, right? So that is why you and I must get alone with the Father. We won't become who God designed us to be, and we're not the person that people need us to be. Man, Jesus, he's modeling that for us. Jesus, he's devastated, right? His cousin passed away. He loved his cousin, right? It says that he was, in fact, burdened. Man, man, burden the original language, it means a conscience of the heart that oppresses the soul. Man, he feels burdened on his soul. Man, I, I can relate. Can you relate? Right, that is what a burden means, right? But get this. Check out this text in Matthew 14, verse 13. It says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, what news? That his cousin is now dead. He left in a boat. This is the same story, but just a different, different um, writer here. This is Matthew saying it. It says, but the crowds heard where he was headed, and they followed on foot from many towns. It says, but Jesus saw. Everyone, please say that with me. Say, Jesus saw. Jesus saw the huge crowds as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. Mark 6, 47, we just read, late that night, the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw, everyone say that again, he saw, he saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves, and it was about three o'clock in the morning, right? So here's what I want you to learn. Look at this, me on the screen. We have to bring our burdens to God so that we can go back out and carry each other's burdens. We must bring our burdens to God so that your vision may be clear enough to see the burdens of others, right? Because here's the thing. If we're not bringing this bound up soul, this oppressed soul to God, you're not going to see the burdens of others. You're only going to see your own, right? And, and God, he sees that, and he wants to handle that with you and work that out with you and help you because he loves you, you're his child, right? But unless that happens, man, remember, we're seeing, we're following the example of Jesus. He got alone, but then he saw the crowds. And here in this store tonight, he sees the disciples, right? You all said it with me. 
right? Man, this is why we must adopt this lifestyle because the world needs heroes. And it's not going to come through the form of a politician, right? It's not going to come in the changing of government, right? Man, history has tried that repeatedly and it repeatedly fails. Man, Jesus is the savior of the world and you are the light of the world. The world needs you, men and women of God, adopting the lifestyle of Jesus so that you can have the life, Jesus, so you can go out and help the world. Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 28, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burden, and I'll give you rest. So we look on in this text and we're gonna start concluding with this. And it says this interesting thing that I pointed out to you earlier. It says that with the disciples in verse 48, that Jesus, he intended to go past them. He intended to go past them. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? Right? You know what are some other translations when it says that he intended to go past them? It says that he takes delight in going past them. In fact, he takes pleasure in going past them. That's an interesting thing. That is a fascinating thing. It almost seems like, Jesus, you're sick, right? Like, like, like the going past them, they need you. Get in that boat and calm that storm down, right? What do you mean you're taking delight and just prancing on by them, right? And it says that he comes out into the water and they cry out, oh my gosh, it's a ghost. And they're horrified and they're scared, right? And what, what kind of sick joke is Jesus carrying on with? Why are you taking pleasure in, in teasing them and, and freaking them out when they're already scared? These are experienced sailors and they've been rowing for many hours. It's now three in the morning. But we have to understand the context of what this is really meaning. We look back in the history when the Lord passes by. There is, in fact, great power and beautiful encouragement in that. When Jesus was scared about leading people into the promise, or excuse me, Moses was scared about leading people into the promised land, right? He says, God, I can't do it unless you show me yourself until you go with me, until you lead me. And you can read with me on the screen. It says in Exodus 33, 18, I'll cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, right? Man, he's intending to pass by Moses right here. And another experience, another example that we see of that is with uh, Elijah, when he is horrified and he's scared of this king that wants to take his life from him in 1 Kings. And it says that the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by, right? And when he passes by, he does so in such a way where you see he's in control. And he is the ultimate authority. You see that he is supreme, right? You see, the disciples, they were worried, right? Man, they did not think they were going to ever make it the best side. These are experienced sailors that think this is it for us. Jesus is gone and we're done for. But Jesus, he passes by. And this is the lesson they learn. Man, I might have been scared of the circumstances. I might have been scared of the waves. But my God, my captain, my king, Jesus Christ, he walks on the waves. So think about that tonight. Think about whatever it is. Think about whatever problem that you're having in the world right now. Don't you know that your Savior, he holds the whole world in his hands? And that same Savior, he'll uphold you with his victorious right hand? Man, your soul might be all twisted up and bound up like this. And I don't want that for you. And tonight what we're going to happen in this last song of worship is we're going to unwind it. Right? You are going to go to the Father and you're going to sit at his feet and you're going to feel his loving arms embrace you. Right? You know, and you might experience some beauty, right? You might experience it to be unwound and you might walk into another problem because you probably will. And then we have to go back again and again. It's a discipline. But when you practice it enough, the discipline becomes a delight. 
You guys, please stand. You see, Moses had doubt, and Elijah was afraid, and the disciples, they're struggling, right? But the Lord passes by, and when he does, we remember to call on him. So everyone, bow your heads. If there's anyone else losing sleep tonight besides me, if there's anyone else feeling oppression, and they're like Jesus, man, my soul's burdened, whether you've lost someone or someone is sick or you have a bad school situation or you have a relationship that's not going well or you, you've been hurt and you, you just got these burdens and you've got to give it to God because you can't carry it on your own anymore. Everyone's heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're going to lay this at the feet of Jesus tonight. And you're going to find comfort and rest for your tired soul. You're going to find that spiritual strength and renewal tonight in this song of worship. So if that's you and boldness and confidence, everyone's heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you want to give a burden to God tonight, can you just in boldness raise your hand? I see you. Good. Praise God. Good. Thank you. Many of you. Many of you. Good. 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 Let's pray. God, here we are saying, Lord, we need you. We need you, God. We need you. Pass by us right now. Show us your beauty. Show us your majesty. Man, I think of Isaiah in the temple. The train of his robe filled the entire temple, right? The seraphim, they're all around him currently right now in heaven singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's the same God that angels and amazing creatures are almost petrified by that he loves you as his child. Would you feel that embrace tonight, right now? Give that burden, lay it at the altar right now. You're like, like literally, feel your soul lighten right now and lay it at the altar and say, God, here I am. I need to be renewed by you. Jesus, you're just like me. You've lost things too. You've been hurt too, Jesus. And I'm like you, but I wanna have the lifestyle of you and I wanna bring it to God and get my soul right before you. God, we love you. We feel your peace. We feel your presence. We feel your mercy. I pray, Jesus Christ, through you, Holy Spirit, that the God of all peace and the God of all comfort would come over the hearts of these students. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Bridge, please follow us on Instagram at wearethebridge. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.